0: Okay, the story begins. Second, go for it. Yeah, yeah, they're they're for you. They have your name on it. So we're on the second half, or we're not really dividing it in even halves here, but the second series the disturbing us, huh? <laughs> second, second part of um, of chapter two. What page? We're on page. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we're,
1: Deuteronomy is
0: Tvarim. Tvarim, yeah, correct, correct. Is We're,
1: there a meaning for this word? Oh.
0: Deuteronomy. So, so Deuteronomy means uh, the title that Deuteronomy has is Mishnah Torah, the second teaching. Yes. Deuteronomy has some sort of Latin uh, okay. something <laughs> it's with it's that. It's not
1: a jacket
0: or a
2: coat that has a
0: meaning. It's just yeah. yeah. Okay. So we discussed. We made this paradigm shift. We don't just have this dilemma, how am I going to behave? The inner dilemma that we're facing is who am I going to be? Which soul am I expressing? Which set of thoughts and feelings am I? Am I animalistic? Meaning instinctual? Reactive? um, Wanting what I see rather than wanting what is? Or am I the exact opposite? I'm intentional. I'm divine. Am I looking for not what I see, but for what is? My divine soul, my animal soul, which one, am I, which one am I living? We discussed last week that the divine soul is literally a piece of God, which is an incredible perspective to have, to live from the divine soul. A tzaddik lives totally from the divine soul, as we said. That's their perspective. That's their worldview. Now, here's the question. I'd love to hear your thoughts. How do we know if... A, now, I'm not expecting that we're gonna all be tzaddikim, that we're all gonna be a tzaddik, that we're all gonna to totally internalize the divine soul, but how do we know if on some level we did, divine, we did internalize the divine soul? What would indicate this? Mitzvah. Mitzvahs, okay. Any other thoughts? All right, if I'm behaving the right way, that, would be an, that may be an indication that I'm thinking and feeling the right way, but what else? I'm um,
2: just doing, following more of Jewish law.
0: Okay, okay, good. Any other thoughts?
2: You know, I you know I don't know if there's levels of tzaddik, but you know, yes, certainly um, I would think you know religious families such as you and Khabi and Raleigh and Fruma to me they're way you know way more of a tzaddik than me. I mean, I, I may came for- to class this morning. Rabbi Josh?
0: Uh, there we go. Yeah, I mean, I that's that's, an indication, to, of the divine that's soul. an indication of
2: the yeah. divine soul. Oh, for sure. I mean, I may forget to lit light shabbos candles but you would never would you know it's just about certain things
1: yes i know because i i'm not talking specifically about them yes but i know dark people that you know wear whatever but they don't
0: but on the inside it might be different yeah you know it's like in
1: this case we're lucky because we have inside out yeah. clear, but that's not always the case. So you could be a much better person than somebody who's all black and, you know. Yeah. You,
0: you, in other words, and, that, and that's the whole nuance, the whole of Tanya, is that we're not looking at the behavior, we're looking at what's motivating the behavior. Mm-hmm. So in Tanya...
3: Well, wait a minute. I mean, you may do things even though you don't believe in it. You may light the Friday night candles, but you have no religious...
0: Well, you believe in it you just don't feel it but there's okay. a deeper on an
2: intellectual d- level you don't
0: maybe intellectually or emotionally you, do, you have a hard time connecting with it but there's a, but there's something deeper than that that's motivating you good question though definitely and and i guess the quest the ultimate goal of tanya would be if we can to whatever degree we can align everything so our behavior our feelings our intellect is all aligned with our soul so there's no tension.
2: Hmm.
0: What would indicate that I'm living life from the divine soul, from the nefesh elokis, from the, God, from the godly soul? One indication, which I find profound, the author, the author of the Tanya discusses this in chapter 32. Chapter 32 has the numerical value of lev, heart. He discusses this in the heart of Tanya. And he says, if you look at another person and what you see is not their body, but their soul. You don't see uh, division and separation, but you see unity, you see oneness, or at least you believe it's there on some (laughs) level, even if you don't see it. That's an indication that that's the perspective you're looking from. The Baal Shem Tov used to say that um, that what we see in someone else is a, a reflection of our own selves when we look past our own bodies, and I don't mean body necessarily in the physical sense, but in the uh, intellectual or emotional sense, past our animal soul, and we can see, when we're seeing from the Divine Soul, that's how we view others. The best indication that I've on some level internalized the Divine Soul is when I see that within somebody else.
1: Did you see the Divine Soul of someone else?
0: When, When I see somebody else and I see goodness, I see what, what, what their soul is manifesting, not not necessarily in the physical sense, but what I see is not just a body, not just um, whatever things that might annoy me, but I see that there's a deep, meaningful person with good intentions, a, a, a real tzaddik doesn't see negativity within people, they see the good within people, they see potential within people, why is that? Because that's the worldview they're coming from.
1: Hmm. But what if the person is not good? Like, is still. It no.
0: Sleeping. It doesn't. It doesn't mean to be in denial. It, it
1: it. It it's very hard practice to look and see only the good parts. I'm struggling with this, like on a ba- daily basis. Like, not, even I'm not, your spouse and your kids and the people you love the most.
0: Not necessarily very, only the good parts, but to see yeah, the good.
1: To see the good, yes.
0: It does. It doesn't mean to live in denial.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, no. Nobody's gonna say. Um, you know, if somebody's doing something they shouldn't be, they're, you know, even according to Torah, we're supposed to stop them if we if we can. Which we'll we'll talk more about soon. So it doesn't mean to, to neglect and, and to live in denial and everybody's good and let's all hold hands and kumbaya. Right. that's not what we're saying. But the reality is if I look at somebody, and the first thing I notice is not how they appear, but who they are, which is some sort of inherent good inherent, inherent tongue-twisting I'm being tongue-twisted today goodness that's an indication that I on some level internalize this Divine Soul because that's how I'm seeing somebody else if I naturally get along with somebody in other words what the, two Souls two Flames the only thing that will divide them off is the body and if I'm naturally not getting along with people, clashing with people, it's because we're just two bodies. But if I can overlook that, and we're two souls, we can get along. If we get along, that's an indication that we're both living from the soul's perspective. Now, is that going to be perfect? No, because like we said, our, the goal of Tanya is not to be a tzaddik. The goal of Tanya is not to totally internalize the divine soul, because that's a um, that's too too far of a shot for us right now. The goal is to on some level as we'll, we'll clarify as, as, the, as the book unfolds, on some level I'll at least appreciate that we have this divine soul, at least believe it, even if we don't feel it.
1: Hmm. So when you're saying to see who they really are, you mean to see the good in them or let's say somebody, I don't know, I have a friend who brugs, I don't know, up. I have a friend who brugs and to see past like I'm not sure when you're saying to see, to see who they really are. What if who they really are is not something you like? Is not, not a nice person. Yeah, they're not so nice. I don't appreciate them. So you're telling me. You have uh, to look so deeper. You, you, know, you have to and find the good. You have to thing, look
0: deeper.
3: So. But there was, like on the news last night, they were talking about this slumlord in Oakland who's. You're to see how they're full of mold and mice and thicky roofs. What's redeeming about him? He's a slumlord. So how can you look at him and find the good when there's probably a very small percentage of good?
0: I guess there's always exceptions. <laughs> you know, somebody once came to the... I forgot the details of the story, but he came to the I me, mean, and he, he had a question. He said, according to Freud, what motivates a person is self-serving pleasure. And yeah, animalistic, right? Right? We're, we're animals. Yeah. And we're pleasure-seeking... Yeah. And all of our problems in life, all of our emotional conflicts, stem from um, our sexual drive from the moment that we're born. And this was Freud's. This is Freudian psychology, and not that Freudian psychology is hundred uh, percent proven. He had many different people after him that that um, have a lot of different opinions. But somebody asked the the Rebbe, how, how does this jive with with Hasidic teachings? That everybody's inherently godly deep down inside. If you dig down deep, if you know Freud, dig. If you were to have a session with Freud, he would uncover a lot of dirt. And the Rebbe's response was, "It's true. If you dig deep, you're gonna find dirt. But if you dig even deeper, you're just not digging deep enough. You'll find other stuff as well." That was the whole debate between Freud and and um, Viktor Frankl two contemporaries in, in, in the world of psychology, completely different worldviews. Viktor Frankl's understanding so that what motivates a person is not um, their own personal pleasures, but actually meaning. Now, that's not necessarily the divine soul either. We can get a level, a level deeper, but we'll, we'll talk more about that as, as the book unfolds. But deep down inside, I mean, think about it. If we accept the fact that we both have these two souls, we all have these two souls. So, the question isn't why is this person bad? The, person is why, the question is why is this person acting bad? Why are they feeling... Why is their worldview, the animal soul, not the divine soul? Now, the likelihood though is that in general now there's exceptions you have you know i'm not going to say hitler is uh, but but uh, you know in our regular interpersonal relationships on a, you know on a regular situation i look at somebody else and i get frustrated there's something there that i don't that 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 um, you know it's part of it's my world view i'll tell you a story that that happened uh, about a month ago there was a Therapist he's like an up-and-coming therapist in the Jewish world. He lives in Lakewood, New Jersey. Lakewood is a um, Lakewood is a very Jewish area. it's a lot of Hasidic Jews, but it's also
2: Not when I was growing up it wasn't No <laughs> no
0: now it's huge. yeah now it is. There's a yeshiva there with about 7,000 people. or 7,000 people? Yeah. And, and the whole, it's like a college town, but yeshiva. Mm-hmm. Imagine going to a college town. Imagine going to UC Davis, but Jewish, a yeshiva. So, and, and it's also, it, it's, it's not like the city. It's not like New York or, or, or you know, it's dark streets. It's, it's more like upstate, kind of. This guy Yisrael Wall is driving at night, turns the corner. He freaks out because he saw he almost hit somebody. He almost killed the guy. He was very nervous. And he sees it was a teenager. He's dressed in black. You his black hat, black coat, black pants in the Hasidic neighborhood. And he and he is deciding, you know, this is a teenager. Should I roll down the window? Should I say something? You know, you should wear some sort of reflect or something. Should I say something? Should I not say something? You know, who wants, what teenager wants to hear, uh, you know, wants to be reprimanded by some random guy in the street? He says, you know, I'm going to say something. Why not? He rolls down the window and he says, I don't know if you noticed, but I almost killed you. (laughs) 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 You might want to consider getting some sort of reflector. It's dark outside. You're wearing all black. Nobody could see you. It's not safe. You should get some sort of reflector. Teenager the kid points at his front headlights. He says your lights are off (laughs) Now think about it his lights were off The first thing he notices he's not wearing a reflector now. It's true is what he noticed true. Yes Should he have been wearing a reflector? Yes. Was it irresponsible to walk in the dark and all black? Yes We're not we're not ignoring that the negativity is not there, but if his lights were on That wouldn't be his focus His focus would be, oh, there's somebody here. Let me watch out for him. When we turn our headlights on, which is the divine soul, that's what we're going to notice in others. That's what we're going to see. The best indication that we're living from the soul, that we've internalized Tanya to some degree, on some level, is when we start to see that within somebody else.
2: I had this uh, co-worker many years ago, and she had a large network of friends and she was always busy doing with this group or that group and i said how do you how do you have so much in common with so, yeah how do you have so many friends she goes i just look for one thing that we have in common just one thing that's all we need and then you know the rest you know just takes care of itself yeah. So just one area of commonality. Exactly.
0: Now, when it comes to the soul, when it comes to part of us that's mission-oriented, that has a purpose, that, it's, you know, we all have that in common. We all have that in common. And, and think about it. Jews feel commonality with Jews automatically. Right. It just is. You, you know, I, I'm walking in the airport. I'm at JFK. I see... A, another jewish person we start chatting he has no idea who i am i have no idea who he is and we start chatting we have something in common and it's not just our clothing it's something deeper than that
2: mm-hmm.
0: because if i wasn't wearing the clothing I, and or he had different clothing or different cultural background or from a Hasidic different Hasidic group, we would still feel like oh hey why i don't know this guy maybe well, he's he a-
3: deeper than that because i grew up in encino which is highly Jewish, yeah. And there were the Jewish-owned stores and the non-Jewish. Exactly. Owned. And you would never go into a non-Jewish store. But if my father ever found out, he'd kill me. <laughs> and everybody knew which the Jewish stores were and which the non-Jewish. In, in
0: Encino, you're saying. Yeah. There, 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 was a certain, a certain commonality, a certain connection. Speaking of commonality, there's this trucker. He's driving. There's a hitchhiker on the side of the road. Picks up the hitchhiker, and the trucker says, by the way, you're getting in the car with a random guy. How do you know I'm a cel- not a, ser- a serial killer? How do you know? <laughs> so he says, what are the chances that be two serial, serial- uh, killers? Oh, yeah, yeah. The- yeah. <laughs> 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 What are the chances there'd be two of us? Yeah. Okay. Now, so this brings us to our next question. And this is what the, the main topic of today's class. In, in, in today's section of Tanya, page 48, are all souls equal? We all have this divine soul, but are they all equal? No. And the answer is no, which is very confusing. And the reason why it's confusing is because at the beginning of chapter 2, we said every single soul is a piece of God, and God is one. If God is one, and every soul is a piece of God, all the souls should be the same. But the way we define soul in chapter 3 and actually, truth is in chapter 2, he mentions it as well. A soul is, means the way I think and the way I feel. It's comprised of think of thoughts and feelings. Now, there is a deeper part of the soul, but on a conscious level, the soul means the way I think, the way I feel, the way I perceive life. My, my emotional and intelligent cognition. And it, everybody's different. There's so many different levels. Just look on a very basic level. We can't compare ourselves to Moses. Our souls are different. Mm-hmm. We can't compare ourselves to Abraham, to our forefathers, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Avram Yitzchak, Yaakov. We can't. Our souls are different. There's so many different levels of souls. How does that work if they all come from... <laughs> if God is one?
1: Depends what you do with that, right?
0: Now, our, so you're saying our mission would be all the same. But, but we're saying beyond our behavior... Deep down inside, we're all the same, but we're not. How do we reconcile this?
3: Well, what you said earlier that God creates both, so it's up to you to decide.
0: To decide who you are.
3: You have to have both. So if you don't have the animalistic side, you're not going to worry about food, you're not going to build a house.
0: But, but even within, so even within the divine side of us, we're all going to be different. Everybody has a different divine soul. Not all souls are going to be equal. And here's how he reconciles it. Let's take a look on the bottom of page 49. Um, where are we? Okay. The second to last bold paragraph. For as we know, every soul contains three layers. There's three layers of the soul. And this is talking about within the divine soul. The animal soul also has these three layers. But in this chapter, he just discusses the divine soul. There's the nephish, which means bodily intelligence basically my ability, my soul's ability to behave, to act. There's the Ruach, emotional intelligence, my soul's ability to feel. Or Neshama, a deeper level of the soul, the soul-conscious intelligence, my soul's ability to think, the way I think, the way I feel, the way I behave. That's what a soul is comprised of, in general, those three levels. There's other parts of the soul. Tanya does not get into it, but it gets into in other places, and, and it's going to come up later on. But for now, th- this is what we know as the conscious soul, the conscious part of the soul. There's a subconscious part of the soul as well. However, despite these vast differences, all souls do in fact share the same root. Although there, is, there are variances within the souls, and your soul and my soul, we're all going to be different. Abraham's soul is going to be different than us. We're all going to be different. Nevertheless, they all have the same root, right? So the bottom bold paragraph, nevertheless, the root of every nephesh, ruach, and ashamma, the root of all of these three levels of the soul that we all have, from the very high level of the soul to the very lowest level of the soul, ranks, even found in the simp- sim- most f- simple folk, the most religiously irreverent people. So it doesn't matter how religious, how knowledgeable, how intellectual, how emotional, it doesn't matter. All these souls, without exception, flow from the loftiest divine energies, referred to figuratively in the Kabbalah as Moach Ila'ah, the supernal brain, which is called supernal wisdom. We all come from the same place. Now, going back to the analogy we gave last week, the soul is referred to as a child of God. Why? We said it's not just metaphorical, God loves us like a child, it's more than that. But a child's connection to their father, specifically the father, is that seed which the child was developed from came from the child, came from the father's mind. Either, I don't know about biologically, but definitely spiritually, it all originated in the child's mind. Um, the connection that a child has to their father is incredible because it's a mind connection. That's why a child is a carbon copy of their father. We're carbon copies of God. And siblings are different. Every sibling is going to be different. And I mean, we all, if we have siblings, we all have siblings? Yes. No? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all different. Than, I'm very different than my siblings. We all share a lot. We share a lot in common, but we're very different. But we all come from the same place. We all still have the same parents. Souls may be very different, but they all come from the, from the very same place. And the analogy that he gives in here, though, is not siblings. The analogy that he gives here in our chapter is the, the Jewish people are referred to, uh, according to the Arizal. Arizal is a 14th or 13th century Kabbalist, lived in Sfat, in northern Israel. And he explains that according to Kabbalah, the Jewish people are called a Jewish body. We're all one body. Within the body, you have the head, you have the brain, you have the heart, and you have the toenails, (laughs) and everything in between. You have the Jewish leaders, you have Moses, you have Abraham, you have Isaac, the brains, the minds, the leaders, right? The mind leads the body. You have the toenails, you have the feet you have that you have, you have all different parts of the body and it's all one part of one unit they're all necessary and not only are they all necessary they're not all equal they're not just equal in terms of their functionality they all have an equal role but they actually all come from the same place that one seed from the father's brain your toenail is just as part of your parents as much as your brain is even though the brain is a little bit more sophisticated than the toenail. The Jew who may be on the lowest level, so to speak, and I say so to speak very strongly because we're not here to judge levels and that's not the point, point. But, but and the Jewish leader of the generation, the Moses of the generation, are equally a part of God, just like your toenails and your brain are equally a part yeah. of your parents.
1: Yeah. That's why they say, Exactly. Exactly. You save one soul, it's like you say. One Jewish soul, it's like you uh-huh. save the entire world. Exactly,
0: yeah. and that's why. That that's why. By the way, the Arizal says he used to do vidui. He used to do the confessional prayer on Yom Kippur, even though he was a tzaddik who wouldn't sin. Because Kippur, somebody else might have sinned, <laughs> and we're all one, right? And here, let's take a look in our in our sheets here. Text four, and Michal, you'll like this.
2: Yeah? Oh, here, yeah,
0: here. This is from the midrash. <clears throat> It says, anyone who has the ability to protest sin, to stop somebody from sinning, but does not, or has the ability to return a Jew to the right path, but does not, is considered as if he himself has spilled blood, he himself has committed that sin. Why? This is because all of of Israel are responsible for one another. It would be saying, Hebrew, we're all responsible for one another, because we're all one body. And the Midrash gives an analogy. This can be likened to a ship. In which a person punctures a hole in his room, allowing him to puncture his hole uh, puncture his room would impact the whole ship. Nobody's gonna say, Hey, it's your room, you paid for it, do what you want. <laughs> the same is true with the people of Israel. We're all one body. Has anyone ever done acupressure? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Right? They start you have back a you have a backache, they start playing with your feet, <laughs> your yeah. knee is hurting, they start playing with your neck. Well, it, it's all connected. The Jewish people are our are, are one Jewish body because we're all, <laughs> after Tanya, we'll do some acupuncture. <laughs> we're, we're all one body, we're all, all one unit, we're all connected.
3: Right, but in the example of an acupuncturist, there's nerves that connect everything. So it's not like he's convincing this person or, I mean, it, it's not the father's seat at that point. It's there's nerves but, that run from your feet all the way to your okay, brain. Okay, good,
0: good. Good question, good question. There, there, there is a common soul. In other words, consciously, there's the intellectual part of the soul, the emotional part of the soul, the behavioral part of the soul, but there's also the essence of the soul. And that itself is going to be, that spark is going to be the same by everybody, and that's a common thread that we all have. And that's, that's where ultimately it comes from the Father's brain, from the seed. Great question. Good point. Do I get another cookie? You get another <laughs> cookie? <laughs> Can I
1: take you back to... That you said, so you're saying something when someone's doing something bad, he's not bad, the behavior is bad, it's something I'll tell to my kids. I mm-hmm. still love you exactly. So, that in that you try to say, Look at the good, this that was the idea. And then the other one was, um, uh, you're saying that part of the frustration when I'm angry at somebody, then it's because you see the reflection of the bad parts of yourself. Is this what you're saying? Because, again, with kids, that's how I feel. It's like a mirror. The, the things you, that drives you most... Is are the things that you see within yourself. Yeah.
0: Being reflected on them. Yeah. That doesn't mean that, that the negativity that somebody's doing shouldn't be addressed, right? Just like in the story, it doesn't mean that the person shouldn't have been wearing a reflector, right, in the dark.
1: Yeah.
0: He's, just because the headlights are on doesn't mean you don't wear a reflector, but, but what am I noticing first? What am I putting my attention on? What am I focusing on?
2: The negative. I do.
0: Well, Hold on. I do. I mean, we, we, we all do. That's why we're all here. That's no, why we're here. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's Sometimes your gave. kids just... <laughs> I
3: remember one time my daughter told me to shut up. And oh, yeah. then it got to me like that. And at that moment, I don't know that I loved her. Because I was so angry at her. Yeah. That, I mean, it yeah. took me an hour to cool off. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait and see
0: we'll see later on in Tanya later on in chapter 12 he brings the idea of it says in Hebrew or doche a little bit of light chases away a lot of dark the Tanya approach is not so much focusing on what I shouldn't do but it's focusing on what I should do there's things I need to stop doing but it's very easy to tell somebody stop doing this, stop doing that but what should they do and if they, if we know what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing, we'll will, will wither away. I was just reading last week in, in the Lubavitch Rebbe's letters, one of his responses to somebody. They were having, they, they were having a. My um, vocabulary is is bothering me right now. It's not it's not behaving. <laughs> Intrusive thoughts. <laughs> They were having intrusive thoughts. In in Hebrew, we say, I don't know if it was clinical, if it was OCD, if it was just or whatever it was. I don't know what the situation was. They were having intrusive thoughts. And the Rebbe's response to him was, stop arguing with your intrusive thoughts, stop giving them attention, and replace them with good thoughts. Focus on the positive Cognitive thoughts.
1: Cognitive
2: behavioral
1: therapy. Same, same, same idea.
0: In, in a similar letter he wrote to somebody else. Yeah. He said to somebody else, he, he, he said two things. He said two pieces of advice. He said, number one, learn chapter 27 of Tanya, where it discusses the idea of intrusive thoughts. He says, number two, why do you have time for intrusive thoughts? <laughs> why is your mind <laughs> open? Good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is your mind open to these things? an important thing to, to, to note. So you have some of us who may be the toenails, some of us who may be the leaders of the body, right? because we're all one big Jewish body, the heads. It's important to know that although they all come from the same place, from the same source, they all have the same father, they're all equally important, the toenails get its vitality from the brain. And a Jew gets his spiritual vitality and inspiration, passion, faith from the brain, from the tzaddik. That's the role of a tzaddik. This question that we're addressing today, are all souls equal? It was asked 3,000 years ago by Korach. Familiar with Korach? Korach was Moses' cousin. And he started up with Moses, tried to make a whole revolt, a whole civil war, because he said to Moses, why do you get to be the Jewish leader? Aren't we all equal? Aren't we all the same? And Moses said, look, this, I'm just following God's will. But bottom line, there was a miscommunication, and this was the miscommunication. Korach understood that we're all the same. Moses said, no, we're not all the same. We're all equal. And they're different. Equal but different, right? (laughs) We're all, we're all, we all have, our roles are all importantly equal. God created created us all. We're all necessary. But the roles are going to be different. And the fact is, within the body, you can't have two left arms. You have to have one left arm, one right arm. There's going to have to be differences. You can't have two right legs. You can't, there's going to, right, you're going to have to have a toenail, you're going to have to be a, have a brain, you have to have to be differences, otherwise you're just a blob of, of flesh, <laughs> right? There has to be differences. Where does the body get its vitality from? Ultimately from the brain. Where does a Jew get his vitality from, or her vitality from? Ultimately, from the brain of the Jewish people, of the Jewish body, and that's going to be the Moses of the Jewish people, that's going to be the Jewish leaders, that's going to be the tzaddikim. Let's take a look on page
2: fifty-three. How do you get all Jews to believe this to be true? Why, so, because we're always arguing. <laughs> two I, Jews, three opinions. Okay, right. so, so so for a Jew to know these things, that, mean, that's why
0: we're learning them, right? So, there's so
2: many Jews out there that aren't here. To, you know, that aren't even, right. even in Israel. Everybody knows it, but guess what? Well, Don't well
1: so, kick your. Well, think about it. Think about
0: it this way. I'm one person. And I have the ability to to enlighten three people. If you each take three people, enlighten three people. If those three people enlighten three people. I mean, think about it. There's, there's 5,000 Chabad rabbis throughout the world. There's a lot of other good organizations as well. There's 13 million Jews, 14 million Jews. There you, go. you can't reach everybody. Right. But... You could reach a few people. You could you could reach one person, and that one person reaches it. There's a ripple effect. There's a domino sure. effect. hundred percent, definitely. But that, let's take let's look what it says here. It's important to know that everything that we're saying is actually sourced in Torah. The idea of connecting to a tzaddik and getting inspiration from a tzaddik, just like the toenail has to grow, can't grow without a brain, is sourced in the Torah. Here's what he says.:
1: The toenail continues to grow after your, death, after your death.:
0: After your death, does it?: It does. So, yeah. That is so interesting on that.
2: And,
1: yeah, is there?: Sure
0: also, was, you, I mean Well, I how could, can't that be observed?:
3: My understanding is talking to a guy who spends all day teaching people doctors how to cut up a body, <laughs> he says no.
0: He says it does not grow.
3: I
1: think it continues. I'll, I'll read. And I'll I mean, does, don't, I don't they say the body also head. moves?
0: It might be neurological rather than... There's
1: something. And it's interesting you're also saying the mind because in in Judaism, how do you decide that somebody is dead? It's the brain stem. I'll, I'll I thought read it was breathing it that defines no, death. No, no. Medically, uh, there's, there's a different... I'll, yeah, I'll read I mean, and I'll tell you about those two. It's interesting because I'm curious if it's coming from here or...
0: Yeah. Okay, interesting. I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting. So he says on the top of page 53 in the bold paragraph, and this explains a teaching of our sages of blessed memory on the verse. So the verse says in Deuteronomy in the Varim, and attach yourself to him, attach yourself to God. And the sages, the Talmud says, wait a minute, how can you attach yourself to God? God is not physical. physical. So he says anybody who t- the Talmud answers anybody who attaches himself to scholars is considered by the scripture to have attached himself to the divine presence literally if we can go to the brain if we can create that link between the toenail and the brain the toenail will be healthy I'm not suggesting we're necessarily toenails but any part of the body <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're speaking to toenails <laughs> cuz the example he gave here was toenails <laughs> even the toenail that's the I'll find out later even yeah. the toenail
3: yeah, your toenail, I mean, the longest nerve in your body is from your head to your toe. To
0: your toenail, so that's the lowest... So that, yeah, exactly. In other words, even the lowest point is connected to the brain. Even the lowest... Even a, a Jew who may be, quote-unquote, on the lowest spiritual level still has to get their spiritual nourishment. That's going to be through the tzaddik. That's going to be through connecting to somebody greater who can, who can do that for them, who, who can help them out with that. Um, as the Talmud said it, based on this verse, you connect to God by connecting to His scholars. Now, by scholars, we don't just mean intellectual people that happen to be knowledgeable about Torah, but we mean a whole different level. Somebody like on the caliber of Moses. I'll tell you a story. Yehuda Avner. Have you heard of Yehuda Avner? Yehuda Avner was on the secretary um, Parliament, something in Israel, something in the government in Israel. He served five different prime ministers, and had a close connection with the Lubavitcher Rebbe. In in general, the Rebbe was actually very involved secretly in Israeli politics, <laughs> with prime, prime ministers and stuff, and and had a lot of influence. Um, there was a lot of secrecy that people did not that people were not aware of. Yehuda Avner, I could send you this video. Of Yehuda Avner, remind me. I'd be happy to share it with you. And Yehuda Avner says. As he's being interviewed telling his story he says there's a lot of stuff that i can't mention that i can't share (laughs) but i'll share what i can share he had a long meeting with rabbi it was 10 o'clock at night when the meeting started by the time the meeting finished it was 2 p.m 2 a.m and he says the Rebbe grabbed his hand and he said Yehuda, you clearly have an inside view of what's going on here inside view of Judaism, why don't you get involved? And he responded that basically my family won't approve. He responded very frankly. He says, I don't know if I was so frank because I was tired or because I'm just rude. He says, I don't know. But And the Rebbe said to him, let me tell you what my role is. I'll tell you my job. My job is you walk into the house, and you open the cupboard, and in the cupboard, there's a blob of wax with a wick inside, and you, and you can't see. You need light to get around the house, and especially to look inside that cupboard. So I say, hey, there's a candle there. So if it's not a candle, it's just a blob of wax. It's only a candle once you light it. Once you ignite the candle, now it's a candle. It's not a blob of wax anymore. And now you can see, now you have clarity. Now you have your direction in life. So my job is to take this useless, meaningless blob of wax light you up now you're fulfilling your mission now we're blobs now we're We're blobs blobs. we're not toenails anymore we're we're blobs blobs.
1: that's that's an
2: upgrade
0: (laughs) that's an upgrade I'd (laughs) rather be a blob than a a toenail so he says my job is to take candles illuminate them now they're functional (laughs) that's the job of a tzaddik that's the job of Moses that's the idea of connecting to a tzaddik connecting to our mission so we're not blobs we feel like blobs often Mm -hmm. but the Rebbe would insist that you're not a blob of wax you're a candle Mm -hmm. And if you, if you just let me light you up, you'll see that you actually have a unique purpose in illuminating the world. This is what he told Yehuda Avner. They went on to talk for several more hours. At, he says at 10 to 2, the Rebbe escorts him to his door, time to go home. And he says to Rebbe, did you light me up? You know, he, walked, he felt and smiled. He said, did you, light, did you light me up yet? Did you fulfill your mission? He said, no, I did not light you up. And that's not really my goal. What I did was I gave you the match. You can light yourself up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The, the real mission of a tzaddik, the real mission of a, the idea of a Rebbe, the real mission of, of Moses is to not only inspire us, but to educate us. To give us tools so we can be in, live inspired Meaningful and more importantly, purposeful lives. Purposeful lives. Giving us the match. And, 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 and okay.
1: It was so interesting. i so
0: no, no problem. We'll see you later. Oh my God. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> that, the idea of, of taking this, learning the Rebbe's teachings, learning Moses' teachings, learning the Torah. Learning, this is the idea of giving us a match, giving us the tools to illuminate, to ignite ourselves. And I'll tell you an incredible insight in the Torah. Let's take a look at text two. We're going to read text two and text three. Text two, again, is from Deuteronomy. Moses is um, getting ready to leave the Jewish people. Because he's escorting them to Israel. He's not going to go to Israel. He's going to die in the desert. <laughs> he's escorting them. And he's giving them their final inspiration, the final push. And he says, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God demand of you? Only this. This is all God wants. To revere the Lord your God. To have awe. To, be, right? to walk in his path, only in His paths. To love Him. To serve the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. All God wants is you to be emotionally invested. So now let's jump to, to text 3 from the Talmud. The Talmud asks, wait a minute. Moses, you make it sound so easy. All God wants is your emotional investment. As if it's nothing. Right? So the Talmud asks, is the fear of heaven a minor matter? That it can be presented as if God does not, is not asking anything significant. You're making it seem so easy. The Talmud's response is very unhelpful, seemingly. Indeed, for Moses, fear of heaven is a minor matter. For Moses, it's easy. (laughs) So the commentaries all rag on this and say, wait a minute, how is that helpful? How is that a helpful answer? Moses tells the Jewish people, all God wants is your emotional investment. Get involved. And the Talmud says, wait a minute, that's not easy. The Talmud's response, for Moses, it's easy. But is it? It's not easy for us. How does that help us? Yeah, right. So here's the answer. The problem is with translations. Like I say many times, never rely on translations. For Moses, it's easy. The word for in Hebrew, there's many words you can use for the word for in Hebrew, but the word choice the Talmud chose was legabe, which can also be translated not as for Moses it's easy, next to Moses it's easy. If we're standing next to Moses, if we're following Moses' directives, we can get emotionally invested, we can get inspired, we can get enlightened. It's not just that it's easy for Moses. It's easy when we're next to Moses. When we have that relationship with Moses, we can foster an emotional, passionate relationship with God. Moses will give us those tools. And by the way, that's one of the greatest things that the Rebbe would do, Was, you know, be, be, which really is part of his social impact on the world, is his teachings taking these teachings, which is giving direction and how to illuminate our souls, mm-hmm. how to get emotionally invested, that volumes and volumes, hours and hours of teachings of insight, giving clarity, giving tools to illuminate ourselves, to illuminate the world. That's bottom line. What it all boils down to. That's why the Zohar, one of the foundational books of Kabbalah, refers to Moses as the faithful shepherd. A faithful shepherd means not just a shepherd that we have faith in, not just who tends to his people faithfully, but he actually sustains his flock with faith. Because Moses' job is to give us faith. We may feel like toenails, but our toenails, we can blossom. (laughs) We can be blossoming toenails (laughs) if we connect to the brain, if we connect to emotion. All this to say that bottom line, the soul... Is one the the Jewish people are one big unit and although we have different souls and we're all different, we're all part of one big unit, and we can blossom, we can flourish if we connect to the bottom to the mind, if we can connect to the Moses. Any questions, thoughts, comments, controversy?
3: What happens if someone who's Jewish doesn't practice? Are they still included?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's you know what happens if you don't take care of your toenails.
2: They keep growing. If, if you
0: don't grow if you don't groom them, if you don't clean them, they're still part of the body. But they're not going to make the body any more functional. You can't in other words, somebody's not practicing, that my hand is not functioning, the solution isn't to amputate the hand because it's not behaving. We have to get physical therapy, to get treatment. We have to work on it. Somebody's not practicing, That, that's fine. There's, there could be m- myriads of reasons. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they didn't grow up in that environment. Maybe they need some inspiration. Well, whatever it is, 100%. But the solution is not to amputate. It won't work. The solution is to, to nurture, to inspire, to educate, to enlighten. 100%. Now, but this chapter ends off with the idea, very interesting concept. The Zohar says, that the soul the quality of the soul is dependent on what the parents thoughts were during the time of conception during the time of the soul's conception of a person's conce- conception mm. the parents thoughts have a big impact it actually says in the talmud it's very interesting when it comes to the the red heifer you're familiar with the, the, the red heifer in the temple. Sometimes they they were desperate for a red heifer, so they would manipulate uh, the cohabitation of um, of the cattle. And what they would do is they would put like a red cup or something red while the cattle are cohabitating, and they would produce a red heifer. <laughs> because what somebody's thinking of during conception has an impact on the soul that they produce. Now, over here in Tanya, he clarifies though that those thoughts impact not the divine soul, because that's God's choice, what type of soul a person gets. It impacts more the intellectual soul, more the intellectual personality of the person, but not the divine side of the person. So rest assured if a per, person did not have the right thoughts, that doesn't impact the divine soul, may impact the personality, may impact. Different, uh, d- different parts of their personality, but not the divine soul. Okay, that, that's the conclusion of chapter two. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.
2: You know, and I think, what of children that are born or conceived out of violence? So, you know, that I would think, and I'm sure there is you know, there are women You know, will this child, you know, have this soul of the perpetrator? You know, do you keep the child? Do you not keep the child?
0: It's it's definitely, it will definitely have an impact on the child's personality. Mm -hmm. Because it impacts their intellectual soul. But there's still a part of them that's not impacted. The divine soul. Right. So that's actually the beauty of this. No matter, you know, in, in Freudian psychology and really in contemporary psychology, the, the whole notion of psychotherapy is that what a person experiences from a very young age has an impact on them in their later lives. And what he's saying here in Tanya is that it goes, in, in, in Jewish thought it talks about this extensively, it's deeper than that. Even what you didn't experience, what your parents experienced during your conception has an impact on your life. But what we're saying here is that there's a deeper part of you that is totally untouched, no matter what the situation is. Somebody may have been born out of violence, or out of a negative situation or out of impure thoughts but there's a deeper part of the soul the divine soul that is totally untouched by any negativity unfazed
2: that's important yeah
0: and by the way that's why the moda ani prayer the first prayer we say in the morning thanking God for returning our soul <laughs> we say before, our hands, before washing our hands we could, nothing can could impure it even dirty hands can't, can't defile that